I've got a rusty bridge. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a Hindenburg disaster, but not that one. Welcome to Hello. Date Fight. It's Thursday and the end's in sight. Not for us, we're no. here seven days a week. It's the podcast where we take great moments that happen on this day in history and pitch them against each other. Unendingly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly. And together we have tweaked the moustache of history to see which strand becomes the most finely waxed. Oh, I don't know. It's just which story is better fine. and you can vote. That's good. <laughs> which, yeah, well which is better history than the other one, please? Round one. Okay, then. Let's go back to the 30th of January, 1661. Oh, cool. Are you doing this one too? No. Oh, good. I'm guessing London's not quite burnt down yet. No, not for another five years. Uh, That particular punishment from God wouldn't happen until Charles II was well in the throne. Uh, In 1661, Oliver Cromwell was executed two years after he died. Sorry. I'm sorry. Two years after he died, so in 1658, uh, Cromwell was affected by some sort of urinary infection or kidney stone. The Doge of Venice, who was visiting him, um, writes about his final illness and said it was very suspicious. Uh, But we think he probably died of septicemia. Uh, So he died as Lord Protector and left his son, Richard Cromwell, in charge. Richard was rubbish and so had to resign by May of 1659, at which point... um, there was a lot of confusion. No one was really in charge. Uh, George Monk brought the New Model Army back to London, uh, recalled the Long Parliament. They asked Charles II to come and take the throne again. And Charles II was so angry with Oliver Cromwell for having cut off his father's head that he dug up Oliver Cromwell's corpse and cut off the corpse's head. Um, so in 1661, he exhumed him from Westminster Abbey, hanged his body in chains at Tyburn, and then threw it in a pit, then pulled it out of the pit, cut off its head... And they gave the head to various people until it was buried in 1960 at Sydney Sussex College, Cambridge, where it is somewhere, but no one knows exactly where, in case someone tries to dig it up again. Wow. Are there are there, are there prospectors who just, you know, in the dead of night, sneak around with a trowel? I reckon there are. <laughs> Finding other heads and trying to work out if they were warty enough to be Cromwell's. <laughs> <laughs> the Cromwell vault uh, was then used for Charles II. He used it for his illegitimate children. Uh, it's now the RAF chapel. And anyway, I thought the cutting off a dead person's head was pretty appropriate for a week in which futile, stupid <laughs> public displays of sentiments, <laughs> such as various coins that might or might not be minted in various parties that might or might not happen on Friday, was probably worth remembering. It's not just modern, it's not nowadays that we fall for fake acts of displays of sentiment. We've been doing it for hundreds of years. That's a good call. Yeah, I didn't phrase it very well, but yeah, it's all right. No, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was too busy sputtering with anger to form a coherent <laughs> sentence. Uh, you should think about going on question time. I'm going to take us to the 30th of January, 1806. Mm. Ooh. And uh, uh, on the other side of the pond, guys, yeah. uh, the Lower Trenton Bridge, or Trenton, mm. as they like to say in Trenton, gets gets made it's open uh so th- this bridge uh, spans the delaware river yeah uh between morrisville pennsylvania and trenton new jersey mm-hmm. uh why should we care uh yeah. because I'm it's iconic sure according oh, to the people of trenton well yes uh, because <laughs> there are paper mills that are iconic according to the people of trenton yeah I mean, exactly. new jersey is a very bleak place it, it, it really is have you been there in winter 
Wow. No. Have no, you been there to dissolve a marriage? I have. Wow. <laughs> Bleak is the word. Wow. I remember trudging across an interstate <laughs> trying to buy some socks because I hadn't packed any because I went in such haste. Uh, anyway, let's press on. Let's... Uh, the bridge is iconic because uh, in 1935, so 130 years after it was made, uh, this big sign got built uh, spanning it that says, Trenton makes the world takes, <laughs> which I just think should go down in history as one of the lamest slogans. Yeah. It's not breadbasket of the world or, yeah, Garden of England, no. No, no. no. Trenton makes the world takes, which implies that Trenton is this guileless twit (laughs) that keeps making stuff that people just run off with to start with. It implies that... If it was Trenton makes the world pays for, you know, at a handsome rate because it's such good quality stuff, that that would be a good phrase, but the bridge wasn't long enough for that. It sounds like Trenton is the world's passive-aggressive mum. (laughs) Which it is. Trenton makes and it's all take, take, take from the world, isn't it? Yes, yes. Don't worry, I'll just sit here. No, take whatever you want. Trenton sits quietly waiting for a single thank you. (laughs) Just one would be nice. So uh, the phrase came... There was a split from Sem to Stern I was having you. Do you have any idea? (laughs) I couldn't have a bath for a year afterwards. My bridge was in quite a state. There was a contest uh, sponsored by the Trenton Chamber of Commerce in 1910 Mm. saying we need to come up with a phrase. And the uh, senator, Senator Roy Heath, uh, came up with the phrase. Uh, Previous entries in the contest were the world busts, Trenton rusts, (laughs) I blame the immigrants and woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Uh, You can buy a house in Trenton for about $20,000. You just wouldn't live in it for very long <laughs> it's not in the rust belt i didn't i didn't i my ignorance is such that i, I thought it was part of the rust belt because it was obviously because it looks rust like belt. yeah yeah but that all starts kind of north of new york the rust yeah. belt i didn't realize that and then goes into the midwest but you'd you'd believe you were there <laughs> so rusty you'd think you were there i once i once i once got into a taxi by the station quite late at night having been traveling there all day, having flown in on Air Q8. <laughs> the finest. Very desperate time. And the taxi looked like the previous night it had been torched for an insurance job. <laughs> Literally, the inside was burnt out. It was a very traumatising time. An improvement to the world outside the taxi. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's good. There was some of the best vegan food I've ever tasted. Oh, well, that's good. There you go. They made vegan buffalo wings, like drumsticks. Wow, how? Uh, what did they use for well, the actual stick? I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Because they, they made it like it was seitan, this, you know, uh, mm. soyery, tofu-y thing. And then they wrapped it in, I think, paper tofu to make the skin. So mm-hmm. you could, like, bite off the skin. Yeah. And then they used a bit of dowel. <laughs> they put them on a bit of dowel so that you could hold it and be all, you know, animally about it. I think they should commit and make little ceramic bones. <laughs> Little ceramic chicken bones. One day, vegans, get your house in order. Happy birthday to Livia. She was rumoured to have poisoned her second husband with figs. Although the rumour was that she tried to poison him with figs, but he kept on going to the garden and eating figs from the trees, so she had to poison him by smearing poison on all of the figs in the tree. 
She then married Octavius. Octavius, oh no, it was Octavius who she killed. Octavius fell in love with her, and it fell so much in love with her that he divorced his previous wife on the day she gave birth to their daughter. And then she put her sons by her first marriage into power, um, including her son Tiberius, who became emperor in 78 AD. There we go. That's Livia. She's crazy fig poisoning lady who, <laughs> <laughs> who may or may not have married her husband, although they think that that's probably not true because the only records we have are from people who hated her. But who knows? Happy birthday to Dick Cheney, who came up with the expression, keep your friends close and shoot them in the face because you don't know how to handle a gun. Uh, also, happy birthday to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, possibly the best president of the United States. There aren't many good ones, but he's one of the good ones. Um, yeah, happy birthday to him. Happy death day to Charles I, whose execution led to the accession of England's first decent monarch. Nobody! For a period of a few years, we had no king and no queen. Well done us. We can do it. You can do it. Um, (laughs) We're not going to do it. I know we're not going to do it. Uh, We're going to sit there as King Charles III makes stupid statement after stupid statement going yes yes this is what I but this is it this is it I've been waiting to hear this someone at last has the <laughs> balls to say what we've all been thinking uh, that all schools should be knitted from now on Ying Tong Idle Eye Pong yes look at that I mean, that's proper English comedy yeah. written by an Irishman <laughs> happy death day to Mahandas Gandhi who was assassinated um, on this day in 1948, I think. Yes, he was assassinated on this day in 1948. Um, shot three times in the chest at the age of 78. Also, happy birthday to Maud Wagner, or probably Wagner, <laughs> Maud Wagner, the first female tattoo artist in the US. She was a trapeze artist and contortionist who then met <laughs> Gus Wagner and she exchanged going on a date with him for him teaching her how to do tattoos. He was currently the US's most illustrated man. They swapped it, they ended up getting married, having a tattooed child. I'd hate to have to be the guy who had to check that. <laughs> well, there is one more. And just the final <laughs> check. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and they toured America as a, tat- a tattooed attraction, it says. Um, I'm not even going to investigate what that means too much. They were a tattooed attraction for the rest of their lives, but Maud Wagner was the first female tattoo artist in the United States. Possibly the world. Round two! Okay. 30th of January 1933, and at risk of getting horribly close to being two dads in the history shed. Yes, here we go. This is this week. Adolf Hitler is... Oh, weird. Of the Hitlers, her, who's your favourite? Uh, probably Adolf. Yeah, I reckon Adolf achieved much more than most other Hitlers. Yeah, probably an overachiever, some would say. Achieve a bit less. Yes. Anyway. Probably would have gone down better in history had he achieved a bit less. A little bit less. Answer me this, Snack. Would you go yes. back in time, if you could... And yes. buy him a few drinks. See where the evening goes. Oh, I'd talk him out of it. I would say to him, you know what? Uh, you've got opinions, I've got opinions, but let's not take it all so seriously. You know, you don't want to come across badly like Terry Christian. You want to really be, just be a bit more... You know, think about what you're saying before you say it, yeah. Adolf. Yeah. We, all understand what, we all understand what you mean, yeah. so you don't have to say it quite so loud. Yeah. Adolf, mate, I love you, but I'm very glad you didn't, you weren't alive in the time of Twitter. You'd be a nightmare. <laughs> Nothing too serious after nine o'clock. Right, it's the 30th of January 1933, and he's sworn in as Chancellor yes. of Germany. 
Mm. During a brief ceremony in Hindenburg's office, this is the catastrophe for which you were speaking at the beginning of the podcast. It is. That's the Hindenburg disaster. Uh, One Hindenburg disaster features a giant inflatable ball of hot gas. The other one had a Zeppelin (laughs) in. Yes. Um, Yes. Hindenburg had been convinced to give Hitler the chancellorship. He'd been offered the vice-chancellorship the year before and turned it down. He said, no, nothing except the chancellorship for me, please. Um, Mm. In the 19th, July 1932 election, the Nazis were the largest party, uh, the Communists were the second largest. By November, November 1932, they had other elections and the vote for the Nazis actually declined. Oh. So there's some evidence say that if they'd actually just kept them out of power a bit longer, they might have just gone away eventually or stopped getting so many votes. Unfortunately, they agreed to have another election during which the Nazis banned the Communist Party, who were the second largest party, mm. and all newspapers were censored. Mm. Um, the Reichstag burned down, which was blamed on the Communists, and may have been the result of the Communists, at which they still didn't win a majority. They got 43.9%. Uh, um, listen, mate, we won. Well, precisely. In the 2019 election, the party who won, whoever that might have been, got 43.6%, okay. and I'm not suggesting... No, of course not. There you go. No. I was uh, most uh, taken by the uh, Catholic monarchist Franz von Papen. <laughs> Uh, who was Fritzy. the vice-chancellor. Vice <laughs> you know, his name was Foxy. He was called Foxy von Papen because he thought he was so clever. And because and he had... He's such a fine, fine figure. Yeah. <laughs> Foxy von Papen. Vice-chancellor Papen? No, the band's rehearsing. <laughs> so he thought that he could tame Hitler, which is hilarious. Yeah. And then we were only a year away from the Night of the Long Knives. Yeah. And that was the end of him saying anything, and he ran, ran away to Vienna as the German ambassador. Yes. Do you know when Hitler became a German citizen? It was pretty recent, yes. wasn't it? It was the year before. It was 1932 when he stood to be the president. He wasn't even a German citizen um, a year before he was made Chancellor. Cool. Which is, that's a pretty meteoric rise, to go from not being a citizen of a country to its head of state within a year. That, that is think. good going. I mean, probably George Washington's the only person who's done better than that. I feel like Austrians, you know, you can't sort of do that kind of... You can't play that card of being all like, oh, everyone always thinks we're just a bit of Germany. <laughs> it's like, well, you did you did end up running it for a while there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not with an entirely unblemished scorecard. <laughs> the thing about uh, even Ludendorff, who was almost as mad as Hitler, because there were lots of them who were almost as mad as Hitler. Hindenburg himself is almost as mad as Hitler. Big, fat, old Germans who'd mm. been sent mad by the First World War. There are lots of them. Yeah. Old Blimpy, as he was <laughs> but known. Ludendorff said, that accursed man will cast our Reich into the abyss and bring our nation to inconceivable misery. He was, he was, and even he was completely mad. Gosh. So when even nutters recognise that you're a nutter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're a nutter. It's a shame it wasn't a sort of fighting fire with fire thing. You know, if Hitler's madness could have just snuffed out all the other madness around him, maybe there would have been a chance, but no. No. Instead, he was closely. He was his madness was close enough to us. They went, oh, I quite like that. It's just he's just a bit. Yeah, it's like Nigel. He's just a, he just you know he says what we're all thinking. Yeah, of course he but, does. But he's the thing about Nigel is he talks about things the rest of the other politicians just don't talk about, like immigration. That's right. No one's been talking about that, Nat. No one. Whatever your Twitter <laughs> feed may do, say. Do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should go and check out Nat's Twitter feed. It's really great. Mm. At Nat N A T T. Um. Thank you. Well, we both picked that one, and I think we were right to on reflection, mate. Uh, most probably the probably key event of the 20th the century, mostly, as far as most, I'm concerned. Yeah. Without that, we wouldn't have the Second World War, and you and I would be here mm. talking about 
What? Nothing. Yeah. We'd actually have to be... Just be be dead air. At home with our wives interacting. Jesus. In a sort of sociable way. And that's a no-no for me. I don't know about you. No, I like to load the dishwasher in silence once a week and claim that I am done. (laughs) That that was too close. I'm not comfortable with that. (laughs) I I need to go and do a lot of housework right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget, you can vote on these and decide uh, who was today's winner. We will announce the winner of the week on Sunday's show. Yes. Uh, Just to get you ready for that. Uh, We don't finish just because you do on a Friday. Uh, We'll be here. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep listening. Yeah. Keep your ears peeled. Long March to Freedom. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. Yes. uh, Hopefully. Uh, Thanks for listening. Yeah, bye. Bye.